This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, welcome back to the show. Mike Smith in for Simi. The breaking news at this hour, Uber is victorious in court going up against Doug McCallum and his $500 tickets. Let's check in with Global BC reporter Jill Bennett covering the story. Hiya, Jill. Hey, Mike. Okay, what went down in court? So this was uh, the decision yesterday, uh, same judge that heard both cases. Yesterday it was uh, the injunction that the Vancouver Taxi Association was looking for. Uh, They were not victorious, as you know. And today, this was the injunction Uber was looking for, seeking uh, Surrey bylaw officers to stop ticketing. They were uh, victorious, as you just mentioned. So the judge ruled that uh, she went through a list basically looking at three things, uh, looking at whether or not Uber would suffer financial harm if this practice of ticketing continued, and she ruled that yes, there was enough evidence put forward to prove that they would. Uh, Also saying that uh, Uber's reputation could hurt. They, Uber, part of their evidence was that if they were stopped now, they would lose any competitive edge they had by being the first rideshare available in Surrey, and that would harm the company. She agreed with that as well, and said when she looked at this in the public interest, and the whole reason that the transportation, the passenger transportation board, approved the company, approved Uber to operate, it was because they deemed it was in the public interest and to stop it now would go against the public interest. So because of that, she ruled that bylaw officers in Surrey must stop issuing those tickets and they must stop doing it immediately. Okay, what about the Uber drivers who already got a ticket? Do they got to pay them, pay the money and pay the fine? <laughs> So we just talked with Michael Van Hemmen, who is the head of Western Canada Uber. I asked him that. So he said anecdotally he's heard that about two dozen drivers have been handed those tickets so far. He said he doesn't have confirmation of this, but he wants those tickets cancelled. He said he doesn't know of anybody that's actually paid it so far. He said Uber has not paid the tickets that they have been issued, and he would think that because of this ruling, he expects that those tickets will be cancelled and the drivers that have been ticketed will not have to pay. Jill, busy morning for you. Thanks for taking the time. All right, no problem. Anytime. All right, that's Global News reporter Jill Bennett following the story as Uber wins in court going up against Surrey Mayor Doug McCallum. Very pleased to welcome Keith Baldry into the studio now. Keith, thanks a lot for coming in. Um, I kind of thought that Uber was going to win this. Yeah. I mean, it just it looked, just looked like they had the hammer this time, and I'm not surprised they won. No surprise at all. Surrey went, well, Doug McCallum went a little rogue here on uh, trying to go after Uber. In a very sort of one-off fashion, nobody else was really backing him on this, so no surprise that Uber prevails. And particularly, it was the same judges yesterday. I mean, she's, she displayed no tolerance for this type and of thing. And then uh, McCallum put out a very brief statement this morning, basically just two sentences long, and one of them was, it's time to move on. <laughs> so I was thinking, like, this guy's, like, tapping out in, like, yeah. a UFC cage match. <laughs> this was, like, a mismatch. Doug, you lost, okay, yeah. so it's time to move walk, on. Walk away. I think he's yeah, going to go back away. to talk about uh, a Surrey police force. That's going to be his, his subject okay. uh, that's his fallback okay uh let's talk about some of the other stuff going on because mm-hmm. there's so much going on let's start with um let's start with uh, uh no fault insurance yesterday right. from, from the bc government you had a real jump on this yesterday you sort of knew this was coming still kind of a surprise though because the the ndp had been consistently opposed to this thing so it is a flip-flop right it is a flip-flop yeah. but uh, it's interesting i thought our colleague rob shaw had a pretty good piece in the uh, vancouver sun today interview yes. with david eby charting his his, uh, his, conversion. his conversion on the road yeah. to Damascus here. I think what really drove this, uh, and it's it's obvious, is 
the ongoing fiscal dumpster fire at ICBC, he was running into some serious problems there. He lost his critical court case to limit uh, expert testimony in these in these uh, claim trials. Uh, and it was clear, and he's been signaling this for some time uh, to the trial lawyers, trial lawyers, you know, you, you keep suing me for trying to change the system. Careful what you wish for here, yes, guys. Yes, that was the, that was the warning. Th- that was the warning he yeah. gave, and uh, that was the tip-off this was coming, and, and the trial lawyers are upset, but I think uh, there's a lot of blame to go around, and I think they have to share a lot of it. Okay, the trial lawyers are mad as hell because this is their bread and butter. This is mm-hmm. how they make their money. This is why you see the saturation advertising. If you get in an accident, call a lawyer first before you call talk to ICB. BC. So of course they're mad as hell. But I think that there's a chance the NDP can can win this fight uh, if they can convince the public this is the way to go. And I think a critical point is that the disability community, people who represent people hurt in accidents, are kind of going along with it, saying yep. we kind of like what we see here. Well, well, unlike in 1997, when this was first attempted by the former NDP government, yep. there's much more cl- clarity in terms of accident payouts, in terms of um, the money that's going to be available. And that wasn't clear in 97. And so so uh, the trial lawyers uh, teamed up with the disability community in 97 to sort of defeat no fault, saying it was going to ruin people's lives. That's a tough argument to make this time. So there's two things yeah. I think are going to happen. One, if you see a, a, a real reduction in your rates, yeah. that's an obvious crowd pleaser. The other thing, though, ICBC is going to have to uh, step up to the plate here yeah. and change their performance because anecdotally, you hear a lot of stories of people who don't think they've been treated fairly by ICBC. ICBC has been under financial pressure for a few years now, and uh, I've been told you know, claims adjusters and people who negotiate payouts are under pressure don't spend too much money. We haven't got any money to spend. So uh, the culture has to change at ICBC to make it a much more public-friendly corporation. But, you know, I think that can be done with this uh, new system. I think a crucial thing for convincing the public that this is a good thing is that you're going to have to deliver on the promises. And it reminds me of the scene from the movies. Greg, you got that clip from the movies? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Show you the money. Not not show you. Show me the money. Show me the money. Louder. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money! Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! <laughs> okay. My all, point is... All the right moves. My point is, show me the money. No, it's Jerry Maguire. Oh, Jerry Maguire, right. Jerry Maguire. Show me the money, okay? So, like, you got uh, Premier John Horgan saying, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to cut your auto insurance by 20% next year. Yeah. Now, I'll believe that when I see it. Show me the money. Can I'll, they deliver on this? I'll believe it when I see it, too. But uh, if they can suck this amount of money out of the system so quickly through uh, through getting rid of the lawyers, then it can be done. But the other thing that was let drop yesterday by Nicholas Jimenez, the CEO of, of uh, ICBC, there are still 90,000 claims in the system that have to be dealt with. It's going to take five to seven years to, to deal with those backlog. claims, to clear the backlog. And Presum- those will be under the old rules, yeah, so right? I, yeah. Uh, presumably, that's going to that's gonna cost a, a fair amount of money. So I'm not sure the savings are going to be realized this that quickly. Part- I think there's still a lot of skepticism uh, uh, that has to be there when you look at ICBC's finances. Uh, in the budget last year, they said we're going to carve a billion dollars off the bottom line. Yeah. We're going to find out on budget day whether that's actually true, but I don't think uh, the signs are pointing well, to Well, this is where I'm wondering if this is real or not. And, you know, EB kind of portraying himself as some kind of miracle worker here that they can he can deliver this massive cut in your auto insurance. And like I said, I believe it when yeah. I see it. Now, if they can deliver that next year and people start opening up their ICBC renewal notices and going, oh my God, I got a 20% cut in my auto insurance. I think it'd be awesome for the government, especially with the liberals going against it. 
sets up a really critical wedge issue against the liberals going into another election. If but can it, they really do it? That's if what it happens, and yeah. can it happen that quickly? Keep in mind, not everybody, uh, we don't all renew our insurance on the same day. Uh, right. For instance, my, I renew my insurance at the end of October, which is going to be after the next provincial election. So there's a lot of people who renew their insurance after the votes are tallied. So it may be an election issue. Uh, I think the liberals are going to have trouble really uh, finding a way to, to stick Liberals are thing. against it. They basically came out against it yesterday, They right? did, uh, but are they going to be against no fault or are they going to be against ICBC? I think ICBC is a better target than this no, no fault system because the no fault system won't but, be in place for uh, May 2021. So there's a lot of time between now and then and the liberals have to find a way to come at this. I think they come at it by by, by David Eby's own admission. ICBC's brand right now has got a lot of trouble associated with it and I think the liberals can exploit that. Right. So I talked to liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson on the show yesterday mm -hmm. and he that's the card he played. He said, do you really trust yeah. ICBC? I don't trust them. You should not trust John Horgan. You should not trust ICBC. Yeah. That's probably the strongest not card a, he can play. Not a bad card to play. But buy. the thing is, though, we got a, a legislative session coming up starting next week. Mm -hmm. This Tuesday is the throne speech. I bet you this thing will be front and center in the throne speech. And then the government's going to have to introduce legislation to make this happen. So the liberals are going to have to be forced to vote on this. Yep. So do they vote for it or do they, do they vote against it? If the government is saying this is going to result in a 20% cut in your auto insurance, do the liberals really go against that? Well, because the, the cut won't take place for quite a while, I think they yeah. will vote against it. I think they're going to use the argument, too, that they're taking away your right to sue. You're, they're yeah. taking away your right to due process. Uh, that's not a bad argument to make in front of people. Now, uh, the counterargument to that is, well, suing means the lawyer takes one-third of your settlement, which yes. isn't... Uh, you and I were on here yesterday, Mike. What do we have? Six or seven callers in a row, which is very unusual for us, all expressing the same viewpoint. They all want the system to come in because they don't like dealing they with the like lawyers. No fault. That's right. And a lot of the, those calls, that jumped out at me too because a lot of the calls were prefaced by, well, I don't vote NDP and I'm no socialist, but, you know, screw these lawyers. And the government's got to love that. I mean, if that's the way public opinion kind of falls on this mm -hmm. thing, it's good for the NDP. Well, and the other, you know, talking to EB again yesterday, they're pointing at Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Both have no-fault insurance models. Yeah. Both provinces have substantially lower insurance premiums than BC does. Uh, in Saskatchewan, you can actually, you have a choice. You can, you can go no-fault or you can go... You can choose. The, the tort system, which is what we've got in BC. Well, and Wilkinson's saying that's what they should have done here. Not, well, 99.5% uh, of the drivers in Saskatchewan take the no-fault option. Take no-fault. So it's, uh, that, that, to me, that speaks volumes of where the public's at when it comes to no-fault. Let me ask you real quickly about something else, and we'll take a break and take some phone calls about a, a developing story at the BC legislature in Victoria, and that is uh, anti-pipeline protesters. So these are supporters of the Wet'suwet'en mm -hmm. uh hereditary chiefs who oppose that coastal gas link pipeline in northern BC. There's a whole bunch of them camped out on yeah. the front steps of the legislature. The throne speech is on Tuesday. There's all kinds of pomp and ceremony where the lieutenant governor comes in uh, to the front steps mm -hmm. of the ledge with a 21-gun salute and all that stuff. Are the cops going to have to drag away all these people, these yeah. protesters from the front steps? It's going to be interesting. Just, I've just been talking to security here. They're wondering the same thing. Like, How long is this going to be allowed to continue? They camped overnight last night. They've built a campfire if you oh. It's an actual campfire. So the what's going on here is the building's under lockdown. Nobody's allowed in the building. The public uh, wow. is not. School tours can come in, but nobody else can come in. The front half of the building reeks of, of uh, campfire smoke. 
uh, wow. offices in the up, upstairs where the smoke is drifting have had to be, in some cases, people have gone home because they, they just can't work because of the smoke. Uh, they camp there overnight. Uh, if they're here till Tuesday, it becomes a real interesting situation because, as you say, that front steps, that's the ceremonial gate that the lieutenant governor comes through by tradition representing the crown and the queen. Right now, that's impassable because there's a huge uh, blockade oh, there. Oh, man. It's potentially going to get very messy here. I think nothing's going to happen today. Nothing's going to happen on the weekend. But uh, Monday, who who knows? Because okay. that campfire, uh, they're literally bringing logs. I've seen them carrying <laughs> logs and, and and wood uh, over to the front steps to keep this fire going.